raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 34th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. I am now welcomed by Isaac Shade from Sports Illustrated SI Tar Heel Maven. You guys remember him from last year. We talked a lot of him during the ACC season and shortly after Roy Williams announced his retirement at the end of the 2020-21 campaign. We got a lot to talk about, about the hectic offseason, the hype leading into this season. But before we get to any of that, our guy got a haircut over the offseason. I believe that is what turned the Braves season around, unfortunately, for me as a Met fan. Isaac, what led you to that decision to get that haircut, man? Oh, Josh, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, listen, here's the deal. I have never found anybody who can cut curly hair well. I always end up looking like a soccer mom or something. So I have to, like, I grow it out for two years, and then I just shave it all off and start all over again. So I'm at the at the beginning of that cycle of getting my hair all shaved off. But you know what? Like you said, uh, the Braves, I'm sorry to say to you, came back, took the, took the NL East division from the Mets and held off the Phillies. And, uh, man, tonight uh, we're recording this on Thursday, and, uh, we have a chance to knock the Dodgers out tonight and go to the World Series, so I'll take it. Yeah, it, it's as a Met fan, it's been hard to watch. Um, my dad's a Dodger fan, so I've been torn between which team to pull for to make the uh, the World Series. I've been pulling for the Dodgers, but there I can't think of a better guy in baseball to root for to make a World Series than Brian Snicker. Um, so that will be a silver lining if the Braves do make the World Series. I will be happy to see him get a championship, kind of like when Andy Reid won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. You always pull for the good guys, and I believe Snitker is one of those. So let's go ahead. Let's let's talk. Let's talk Carolina basketball. We're less than three weeks away from the start of the season. Um, the last time I spoke to you, Roy Williams had retired, and we were discussing the coaching search. We both kind of agreed it was Hubert Davis's job to lose. That turned out to be true. He was hired uh, four days after Roy Williams uh, did retire. 
when Hubert Davis was announced as a new head coach of Carolina basketball, how confident were you that Bubba, that Bubba Cunningham and Carolina made the right hire? Oh, yeah, I, still, I say Hubert Davis, Hubert Davis <laughs> was the right hire for this job. Um, as we had talked about that day, it was down to either him or Wes Miller. We, mm. we both feel like we're the best two candidates. And on multiple fronts, I would say that Coach Davis was the safest bet. Um, now, obviously, Coach Miller has the head coaching experience over him at this point and has been successful at what is not a name brand school. He's done a great job and excited to see what he does with Cincinnati. Uh, I think it's a great fit for him. Um, but I, I think Coach Davis is going to have, frankly, more cachet in a lot of the circles he runs in. Uh, he brings the NBA experience. He brings the ESPN experience. You know, a lot of these young men grew up watching him on TV. Um, he can do a great job in living rooms, all, all of these things. Uh, I would say that Coach Miller, Wes Miller, obviously loves Carolina. I would say that Coach Davis is Carolina. Mm. Um, and so um, I, I get it's impossible to replace your second back-to-back almost Hall of Fame head coach with, with Coach Smith and now Coach Williams and to, and to expect the same or even better results. Uh, I, I think we've been through probably the greatest run of Carolina basketball with Coach Williams, What what's happened. Um, and last time Carolina had to replace a Hall of Famer in Coach Smith, um, you got the longtime assistant with Coach Guthridge and, and then Matt Doherty. Um, and, and I think that Coach Davis, while he <laughs> has not coached a single varsity game yet, is better prepared than Coach Doherty was. You know, I think that's probably the comparison uh, that we might see. But um, I, I think he has just had more life experience, more coaching experience, more being around the game and all that, and I think he's better prepared. Now, here's the other thing. <laughs> the past two seasons, we've had a 14-19 record for the Tar Heels and an 18-11 record. I don't think he's going to do any worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the transfer portal has allowed him to go get his guys immediately instead of having to wait a cycle or two like a, like a head coach would typically have to do. And so I, I think that's going to help and, and just jump right in and, and have his – run the way he wants to and so I think it's the right guy I think there's going to be good patience because he is Carolina family uh, and and because of what's happened the past couple years here and so he's the right man let's make it happen not only is is old Roy gone but there's a handful of his assistants that were not retained mainly Steve Robinson who is now on the bench out in Arizona Hubert Davis was kind of emphatic on the type of staff he wanted to build and he built in his opinion a really great staff. What do you think of the staff Hubert Davis has put inside him in Chapel Hill? It's a great question. I, we're going to miss Coach Robinson. I'm so glad uh, he's landed in Arizona. That'll be really interesting to see what happens there and, and how that affects Gonzaga long term. I'm keeping my eyes on that too. Um, but uh, obviously with Coach Davis, you've got this NBA experience. Uh, retaining Brad Frederick. That's the one assistant coach that's still on staff. This will be his ninth season on, on the staff, fifth as an assistant coach. Um, he's a he's a Carolina alum. That's, as we know, what Coach Davis said he wanted to do was keep guys who had, had played at Carolina. We've got Sean May, who uh, is going to be one of the assistant coaches. He also has NBA experience, not, not as – uh, he wasn't as successful NBA player as Coach Davis was. But uh, let's be honest, Sean May is Carolina royalty mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting on the bench right there. 
Um, but I would say the two most important hires are the other assistant coach, Jeff Lebo. Um, what is it that Hubert doesn't have? What's the biggest strike against him? Head coaching experience. <laughs> what does Jeff Lebo have? Head coaching experience. Over right. 700 games of it. And to be frank, he, you know, not probably not to the level of Sean May, but he is more Carolina royalty sitting on the bench beside him there. And uh, kind of similar um, to what some of these other um, recent coaching hires that don't have much um, experience as a head coach, like you think about Jawan Howard at Michigan, doesn't have much head coaching experience, but he brought in uh, experienced head coaching assistant coach beside him. And so I think that will pay dividends for coach Davis. And then even just getting beyond a a little bit past the assistant coaches, bringing in Pat Sullivan um, as the director of recruiting 18 seasons on an NBA staff. Um, What is it that players in college are looking to do? They want to win and they want to get to the NBA and Pat Sullivan knows how to do that. Um, He had a quote that really stuck out to me when he was hired that I think is going to reverberate in, in homes and living rooms and with these young high school students. He said, I know the style of play on both ends of the floor, the individual workouts, the time commitment players must have to be successful in the NBA, and I can provide that type of information to our players who all have dreams of playing in the NBA. So just just like with Coach Davis, we don't know how this is going to pan out outside of uh, we, we know what we've got in Coach Frederick. But I think he's made some wise moves, and I think it's a great start. You brought up the transfer portal. Portal. Let's go there next. Um, that's one of the mutant, one of the many changes in the ever landscaping change of, of college athletics. Hubert Davis wasn't shy. He attacked the transfer portal immediately, bringing in Dawson Garcia, Brady Manick, and Justin McCoy. What should the expectations be for the guys, considering Carolina was aggressive bringing those guys in, and as you mentioned. They are what Hubert Davis wants in his program. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start there with Brady Manick. Um, of these three transfers, he's the only one that wasn't a Carolina target coming out of high school. But as we've just said, we've got all these Carolina guys on the coaching staff. They span the generations. They tie together the generations of Carolina basketball. So they're going to get him in, acclimate him to to what it means to be a Tar Heel. I'm, I think that's going to be great. But I, I think that for this specific season – Emphasis on this season, Manic is the most important of these three transfers. It's his last year of college. There, you know, there's no messing around. He, he doesn't have time to play games. He just wants to come in, work, and get it done. And so he, along with Leaky Black and Armando Baycott, they're going to bring uh, the seasoned experience on and off the floor. Uh, on the floor, you think back to 2017-18, how integral Luke May was to that team. And I, I'm not saying that he and Manic are the same player, but he'll provide hopefully a very similar skill set to what we saw out of Luke May that year. I don't think this team is going to be as reliant on Manic as that team was on Luke May. But honestly, and this is kind of showing some of my cards, I think Brady Manic's success is going to be an X factor for this team. Um, moving then to Garcia. Although he's a sophomore, uh, the prevailing idea is that this will be his only season in Chapel Hill and he'll probably make the jump to the NBA. And so I think he too is going to be really hungry to prove himself and and show that he belongs at the next level. And so while, yeah, Carolina lost Walker Kessler to Auburn, Garcia can hopefully plug in and play a similar role to what the Tar Heels expected from Kessler this year. And keep in mind, um, to everyone listening, Carolina recruited both Dawson Garcia and Walker Kessler, 
And when Walker Kessler committed, that essentially ended Garcia um, you know, as a potential player for Carolina at that point. Right. And uh, but now he's there, and so I'm I'm projecting him to be in the starting front court there alongside a Baycott. And uh, another thing that I like about bringing Garcia in is he and Kerwin Walt are both from um, Minnesota. They played AAU ball together. And so that's going to help Garcia fit in really quickly is just having somebody he's comfortable with already. Um, and in fact, I had the opportunity to ask Kerwin Walton about that this summer, and he was super excited. He was thrilled to have his AAU teammate come and join Tar Heels. And then finally, Justin McCoy. He is from Cary, North Carolina. He's a hometown boy. You heard at a late night last week, BDOT introduced him and said, welcome home. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um he also held an offer from the Tire Heels coming out of high school and then, as we know, ultimately committed to Virginia. Now, he wasn't a huge contributor for the Cavaliers, but remember, Virginia really takes their time developing young talent, and a lot of times they don't end up making big contributions until they're upperclassmen. Um, so, I, you know, I don't want to be swayed too much by his impact there at Virginia. And also, always got to keep in mind with Virginia's slower pace, it's important to look at advanced stats accounting for uh, pace of play and tempo rather than looking at their raw numbers. And so um, I I think Justin McCoy is going to have a lot to add. And of the three, I think he's going to have the biggest long-term impact since he's probably going to be around more than one season. He's going to bring this, you know, Virginia mindset, tough-nosed defense, discipline, all that. Everything I've been hearing is that he's a team-first guy, works extremely hard, is going to do whatever it uh, takes to make a team win. And then, as you alluded to, bonus, all three of them, big men who can shoot, and that makes Hubert Davis a very, very happy man. (laughs) What also made Hubert Davis really, really happy was he's returning the core of that backcourt, which was so young and inexperienced last year. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, the aforementioned Kerwin Walton, you add in Anthony Harris, all those guys are back. We believe that the growth between the freshman and sophomore seasons is supposed to be the biggest jump in terms of improvement. Should we expect big leaps from those guys, despite it being under Hubert Davis and not a Hall of Famer in Roy Williams? 100% we should. Uh, to me, this is one of the areas where the coaching change won't won't have as big an impact as maybe some other areas. Uh, number one, as, as you said, there's just this natural progression from being a freshman to being a sophomore uh, that, that's just going to happen naturally as they got a year under their belts. Keep in mind for everybody that last year was not a normal year. You know, this was their first time experiencing late night last week, and, and everything's going to be new. Um, Kerwin Walton talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, this is going to be the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of. Looking forward to that. Uh, number two, reports are that all three of those young men, and Anthony Harris too, as you said, really worked their butts off this offseason. Um, after seeing, you know, some of what were my deficiencies as a freshman, where do I need to grow? Uh, for example, I was looking at some of the statistical data that I keep tabs on. Caleb Love, uh, currently of every Tar Heel who has made 100 or more field goals, he has the lowest field goal percentage all time for mm-hmm. any Tar Heel. Wow. Uh, that man knows he's got to shoot better. Um, so, um, I, you know, he's been working on that. We saw some just small glimpses of all of that last Friday night and uh, excited to see that in the bigger form. And then number three, I think the floor spacing that we're going to have in a Hubert Davis offense should benefit all of those backcourt guys coming back, open it up a little more, give them some room to operate. Not only is Carolina returning the core of their backcourt, they're returning their most in front, uh, most important front court player, 
were uh, last year's leading scorer and rebounder, Armando Baycott, foregone going to the NBA, didn't bother entering in the transfer portal despite the coaching change. He returned to Carolina to help leave a legacy at at UNC. How can Baycott achieve that? He's got to dominate inside. Um, we lost so much out of the front court. You know, the back court, as you said, returns a ton of talent. The front court was essentially depleted, leaving him as the last man standing. Thankfully, Coach Davis brought in some help. Um, but he's the one that's got to set the tone. He, he knows what it takes to be part of this legacy of being a Carolina big man. And uh, as you said, he wants to work at doing that. Uh, he did. He led the team in scoring last year. Of course, the lowest points per game average ever <laughs> to lead a Carolina team. And so he's just, he's got to gobble up rebounds. He's got to be a leader in the locker room, set the tone. Um, I, I often think back to his breakout game, his freshman year against Oregon. Like that is the Armando Baycott that has to be game in and game out. Uh, if he's not averaging a double-double, then uh, this team is not going to meet its potential. You mentioned the offensive changes, and look, everyone's excited about seeing that ball go in the basket, playing a more modern style. I am very excited about what we may see potentially on the defensive end of the court. The staff has a more Dean Smith type of feel to it, which means that they could play multiple defenses across multiple possessions. What changes could we expect to see from Carolina on the defensive end of the floor? <laughs> yeah, you're spot on. We we had Roy Williams for everything great about him. He is a stubborn man, uh, <laughs> which is a good thing. You know, like uh, I think he found a winning formula and was sticking with it. And that's great. But to your point, I, I think Coach Davis is going to be more willing to try some things. Uh, let, let's shake things up on on defense. Coach Williams was great about here and there sprinkling in a different defensive look. Uh, I think all the time about the national championship run in 2017, and there there was a timeout uh, um, in the uh, Kentucky game where they came back out in just a little bit of a different look and uh, forced um, a turnover, and then Carolina got on their run, and Luke May did work. But uh, I think Coach Davis is going to show us some more wrinkles. And so, like you said, I'm excited to see some of that. Uh, I think we'll see primarily man-to-man. I I don't think there will be anything different there, but it'll probably lead to um, some different ball screen defense. You know, in the the NBA, you've got to be able to guard one through five. And so I think we'll see a lot more switching, at least one through four, and depending on personnel, uh, maybe some some switching one to five at times. Uh, again, just depending on matchups and who's on the floor. But yeah, absolutely, it could be interesting. Every off season, I like to ask which player will take the next step. This year, it's different because we got a coaching change. I want to know what player do you think will benefit the most from the coaching change? It's Caleb Love, hands down to mm. me. Um, now, in truth, I think it, it could be a more general answer than that. Uh, <laughs> insert point guard one here. Um, it, it would have been Kobe White three years ago. It would have been Cole Anthony two years ago or Love last year. Why? Spacing. Um, with with how Coach Davis is going to want to play, it's not going to lumbering big men inside, rarely if ever. Um, because if we're going to have more of a, uh, a flex four, maybe – I mean, we saw Baycott step out and hit a three last Friday night. It's awesome. But if, that's, if that inside opens up a little more – it gives Caleb Love room to operate. And I think we've seen some of the point guards, uh, as especially as freshmen, frustrated as they're trying to figure out how to navigate um, 
driving to the hoop and, and having all these big men in their way. And so as things spread out, I think we'll see more of that this year. Now, from an NBA standpoint, the answer is probably Carolina Bigs for the foreseeable future because under Coach Williams, I think it's fair to say they weren't really allowed to show the the full range of what they were capable of just because of, of the Carolina offense. And I think um, Coach Davis is going to give them more of an opportunity to show off um, their, their NBA-ready skill sets as big men. And so I think for this year, it'll be Caleb Love. I think long-term, it's, it's the big men who can uh, show the NBA what they can do. A couple more, Isaac, and we will get you out of here. Carolina enters the season preseason ranked 19th in the AP poll, and they were picked to finish third in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Are the Tar Heels being underrated entering the 2021-22 season? Ooh, uh, you know, here's the other thing I saw. They're 40th at Kempom, uh, mm. sixth ACC team in that poll. So maybe even a little bit lower there. Uh, here's the thing. Given that recent history we talked about, given the unknown of a new head coach, several personnel changes, I think it's probably a fair place to start the season. Um, Carolina needs to prove it. They want, they're going to belong at the top. And so I think they have the skill set for that. But based on recent history and and the unknowns, I don't think they're going to be given the free pass that they have been of, hey, Roy Williams is at the helm, so they're going to figure it out. Um, and in truth, I think if I'm a team, I would rather always be underrated and work my way up than be overrated because of some splashy freshmen coming in who don't pan out, and then your team starts falling. <laughs> and in a not-so-subtle nod to some friends down the road. And so let's start off low show that we belong and do it um so perhaps perhaps yes they might be underrated but i I think they realize they've got a lot to prove and they're probably really hungry to do that given the fact they're preseason ranked 19th they're picked to finish third in the acc i went on record a few a few episodes ago saying i think carolina's going to win the acc in the regular season that might not be a reasonable expectation. So what are the reasonable expectations for Hubert Davis in his first season given the non-conference schedule, which features five preseason top 18 teams and then the ACC gauntlet? Yeah. Um, well, here, here's the good news is that while people aren't sure what to expect with Carolina, I think people aren't sure what to expect with a lot of teams around the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, similar to last year, the ACC is wide open. Um doesn't necessarily project to be a top conference, maybe top five, but certainly not top two or three. And so there, there's a lot of opportunity um, for the non-conference. Um, last year, as we can recall, we, there there wasn't much uh, margin, much wiggle room against mid-majors. You just had to dive in. And so for a team with a lot of freshmen, that was tough. And uh, they hit a lot of road bumps. This year, we get back to those games um, where you can try things, test combinations, um, get the transfers comfortable, get the freshmen comfortable. Uh, those games are back. There's six home games against mid-majors and that trip uh, trip to Charleston. So you get seven, seven games that you feel good about winning, six at home, one on the road. I think it's reasonable to expect to go 7-0 and in those games. Uh, maybe, maybe you slip up on the road at Charleston, but uh, you got to go at least 6-1 at least and one there. Uh, like you said, the rest of the non-conference is tough. Purdue, Michigan, UCLA, and either Villanova or Tennessee. Uh, just based on the AP poll, that's two, six, seven, and either four or eighteen. Mm. Um, reasonably, 
I think it would be if you can split those four, you're doing well. Even if you go one and three, I, I think that's that's um, reasonable expectation. I, I just think you don't want to go zero and four in those games. Uh, kind of put yourself behind the eight ball there. And then once you get into the conference, I think it's reasonable to say, hey, let's win at home. Maybe you get tripped up uh, by somebody, maybe Duke. Let's steal a couple on the road. Uh, Roy Williams' teams historically have a um, record of of doing really well on the road, even in conference. Um, And so I think you can expect to pick a couple off there. Uh, Thankfully, you get some nice teams on the road. I think Boston College on the road. Uh, Wake Forest on the road. There's some of those that that you can go grab. And then you know what? Why not? Let's go out. Let's beat Coach K in his final home game. What a what a way to end the regular season. I like that. Would that. Be awesome, man. How, what a story that would be. <laughs> um, and then you know, win a game or two in the ACC tournament. Uh, make the ACC tournament. Get a get a good seed. And uh, I think those are all reasonable expectations. Uh, expectations there so uh, from a talent standpoint I think coach Davis can expect to be a top three or four team in the ACC like you said uh, why not they could go out and win this thing they they put a lot of um, expectation on the regular season and I, I think they can do that and then I think a sweet 16 run is a very reasonable expectation for this first year as we said earlier he, there's going to be a lot of patience with coach Davis to, to get things figured out but I don't think there's any reason we couldn't expect to make the second weekend. Um, but ultimately, here's the most reasonable expe- expectation for Coach Davis' first team. They're going to play hard, they're going to play smart, and they're going to play together. I like the sound of that. I, I, I tweet that before every game um, because I, I think what he's, he's talked so much during the offseason that Carolina is still going to be Carolina – and I think that's what he's getting back to is that mantra, play hard, play smart, play together. Because when Carolina does that, it's kind of hard to beat Carolina given the talent uh, that they usually have on the court and the coaching. Last question, there's a lot of new that's going to be on the floor this season, on the bench, transfer portal, NIL. It's The, the list goes on and on. <laughs> what is the one thing Isaac Shade is most excited about entering this basketball season? The unknown. I, I know that sounds weird, but just the, the uncertainty of a new coach with no Division One head coaching experience at North Carolina. Like, that's crazy. Like, when you just think about that, like, take the names out. Don't think about uh, who Hubert Davis is. But there is the, the head coach of the University of North Carolina has never coached a Division One varsity game. That's bonkers, and I can't wait to see what happens. With with uh, Coach Williams, we know what to expect. But with Coach Davis, we don't know, hey, how will he do this? How will he do that? For example, if this was Coach Williams' team, you and I could probably sit here and in two seconds say, here's going to be the starting five. With, with Coach Davis, we don't know that. I think we could very safely say that Caleb Love will start and Armando Baycott will start. Outside of that, I wouldn't be surprised – to see Curran Walton or R.J. Davis or Leaky Black or Dawson Garcia or Brady Manick. That's five different guys that have to take three positions. Right. And I could see any of them starting. So will Coach Davis pick a starting five and stick with it? Will he switch it up to see who fits better? Will he change the starting lineup up from game to game based on matchups? We don't know any of those things. And uh, while I love the consistency of knowing that Dean Smith is at the helm or Roy Williams is at the helm, the single thing I'm most excited about is just let's 
let's roll it out there and see what happens. And uh, it's, it's going to be a year of discovery and, and learning uh, what a new chapter in the same book looks like. Isaac, man, I uh, before I'm gonna I'll get you out here in a second. Um, where I, I mentioned you work for Sports Illustrated, Tar Heel Maven. You put up a great article back in the middle of summer about the three point shot in college basketball. Where can people go find your your Tar Heel work and then the, just your general uh, work in general? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, my my general or my Carolina work is on si.com/slash/college/slash/unc. And even my general work, I, I post there, and then and then SI will put it in other places as well. So truthfully, all of my work you can find there. Um, and I always uh, tweet it out. Just uh, my handle is at Isaac Shade, my name, and um, active on Facebook as well. I'm also working on starting to develop. Uh, this is something you and I both love, but some uh, new baseball content um, that I'm working on. Uh, you know, stats are very much my love and how they tell stories. So I'm actually working on. I'm creating a new website where I'll just dump a lot of my statistical uh, information, both about baseball and, and basketball. So really looking forward to that coming up in the coming months as well. That's awesome, man. Isaac, I do want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to come on and talk to me about the upcoming basketball season. And we'll be sure to have you back on during the season to talk about the Tar Heels. Look forward to it. Thanks so much, Josh. All right, Isaac. Thank you. We'll talk to you down the road. All right, brother. Thanks. There you go, guys. Isaac Shade from SportsIllustrated.com. We're going to take a break, play uh, this week's ad from DraftKings, and I'll come back and I'll wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do want to thank Isaac once again for taking his time to come on and talk to us. He's one of my favorite guests to have on to talk about the Tar Heels. He brings a a very analytical statistical side, which I think is, is needed in this new era of Carolina basketball. He also is like me. He's a Tar Heel fan. He has his opinions as well. He's a really good job meshing between both of those. Well, that's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the four corners podcast. Before we let you go, we got to get you to the website, heel We're on the basketball side of things. We are about to start ramping up our basketball coverage with a preview of the season, with the front court preview, the back court preview. Then once the season starts, we'll have previews, recaps on the blog and the podcast side of things and any other interest, interesting articles around Carolina basketball. On the football side of things, Carolina is off this weekend. They have a bye. They return next week when they go to Notre Dame. So this week, not a lot of football coverage. There's been a lot of stuff on the transfer portal. Carolina's lost two guys to the transfer portal. A recruiting article about a five-star target that Carolina is trying to land on the offensive line. And then midseason grades will be all on the website this week 
to keep you covered on the football side of things until Carolina returns to the gridiron next weekend. Podcast side of things, you can find us on every major podcasting platform. Megaphone's where we're host because we're part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're on every podcasting site, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcast, you name it. The Four Corners and the Heel Tough Blog Podcast are there. Go ahead and like, rate, and review to both of those to get your latest on Carolina football and basketball. That's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. One last thank you for Isaac for stopping by. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.